Hello, and welcome to the Alt-Left. Welcome back, everybody, to the Alt-Left. This is episode 117. It's the usual crew. With me is Michael Jenkins. Who that? And Steve Dobson. Who that? There you go. So, boys, Mike and Steve, how you doing this week? <laughs> uh, it's been a busy-ass week, man, but, uh, you know. I, I'm, I'm fine. A little confused about my new name, but I'm rolling with it. What new name? That's always been your name. Mm, I don't think so, but I don't have the wherewithal to actually argue the point. Show your birth certificate. No. You're from Kenya. No, he doesn't have a birth certificate. At See, all. I knew it. I knew it. It was a deep state conspiracy by the radical left. They don't give out birth certificates when you pick up a child from Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. No, no, no. That's just a receipt. But that expired oh. long, long ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I apologize. Oh, so the warranty's out, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I have not treated my body like a temple. <laughs> I have. It's large. Ancient, crumbling, possibly haunted, filled with parasites of all kinds. <laughs> um, this I believe. So, before we get into this week, we just get, we have to make a, mi- a note on Mitch McConnell's uh, second public blue screen of death. Did he BSOD again? I had, how did you miss that? Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. I, I have been super busy with work. Yeah, he I was, literally he was, haven't he was had that two gift, minutes. The dog looking at the cupcakes, the whole nine. Wow. Yeah, and now Republicans are starting to say, you know what? Maybe he should retire. Now they're starting to say this. Well, Kentucky actually has uh, funny laws when it comes to replacing. Like most states, the governor does replace the an outgoing senator or someone who retires or dies or whatever. But uh, like mid season, you mean? Uh, yeah, in Kentucky, however, there is a proviso that he can only uh, select a senator from a list of three names given by whichever party is in power. So McConnell so gives him a list of three people. Yeah, the uh, state Republican Party would give him a list of th- three names and say, "Hey, pick one." Now he could just simply ignore that law and say, "What are you going to do? Sue me?" Which he should do, but he probably won't because he's a Democrat. Yeah, Democrats don't have any spines. That's not going to happen. But and to be fair, as much as I like to give the Democratic Party shit for being completely ineffective, and that's accurate, um, they do still actually do believe in social norms and and precedent. Sure, you know, not like the state of Texas, but you know, that's fine. Let's talk about Texas. All right. Uh, we talked about this in an earlier episode. There are two bills that were passed earlier this year and have now gone into effect as of today, which we are recording on September 1st. The bills are SB 1993 and SB 1750. Uh, 1993 is the one that gives the Secretary of State the power to just throw out an election and force a rerun if there is uh, 1% of irregularities in a uh, election county or if they didn't have enough ballots uh, in, um, for in-person voting or things like that, 
but it's okay because it or only, they didn't like the outcome. Yeah, it only irregularities. Yeah. So it'll the Secretary of State only has the authority to do this for counties with a population of over four million, and that applies to one county in Texas, Harris County, which covers uh, Dallas. Oh, not Dallas Fort Worth covers Houston. Uh, Dallas Fort Worth. Is, I'll bet it never goes Democratic. <laughs> Dallas Fort Worth obviously is in Dallas County and will soon be subject to the second one, which is SB seventeen fifty. Now that one just eliminates the office of uh, election administration and sends it back to. In Harris County's uh, case, it's going to the uh, county tax assessor and the county clerk, neither of whom have ever run elections before because up until this point they've had an elections office. Now this law only applies to uh, counties with a population of 2.7 million. Again, there's only one right now, but Dallas County has a population of 2.6. So they'll be there within a few years, and then the next one is uh, Tarrant County, which is 2.1, and that one tends to vote more uh, Republican, so oddly enough, I doubt there's going to be any election irregularities there. You know, but who knows? I mean... I've always said I think it's ridiculous the Constitution provides for states running elections. And people have always like, no, it's not that bad, don't worry. But then California couldn't do it, it's like blah, blah, blah. I don't understand why all elections aren't completely federalized. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't remember what I said last time you brought that up. But um, having had time to think about it, I, I agree with you. There's no reason why a state needs to run any kind of election that would have anything to do with federal office. Well, if yeah. it's a fe- if Honestly, it's a federal state, office it should be see, run by I state. Don't see the federal government shouldn't be overseeing state and local elections. Uh sure. I mean but I I would be okay with the city uh overseeing election for mayor and the why what about having a smaller group and a smaller government and a smaller organization getting to run amok and not having to adhere to federal regulation? Like, why would that ever be good? Oh, like, what's the oh, benefit of that? Well, okay. So let's let's think about that just in terms of regulation. Um, I think That's that they should all have... Well, but, like, running an election is a different thing than actually dealing with regulation for an election. So like there should be a, a, a set of standard regulations that election boards have to adhere to in each market. Yeah, but that or, is what running an election is. Like okay, running an election I, isn't talking about the people who drive a truck out and collect ballots. Running an election is who determines um, uh, polling places, who determines poll workers, um, how are ballot what what date do ballots go out do you allow early voting do you allow mail-in ballots do you allow uh, people to give water to people standing in line like that's what running an election is it's all the regulations around it and because there's no federalized system all these fucking states and cousin fuckers get to uh, do whatever they want with elections yeah well i mean that is true um yeah okay yeah i guess that makes a, a, a whole lot of sense. Um, I was just thinking of it in terms of like who is actually, you know, like there's a basic set of, of rules and those rules are determined by would be determined by the Fed. Um, you know, you can. I, I 
yeah, I guess I never really thought about it in those terms of that that uh, that kind of verbiage yeah, of the, running an election. The smaller the governmental body, the higher the chance of corruption and the more likelihood for it. Yeah. Oh, that I absolutely agree with. Yeah. Well, that's why cities should not determine their own rules for running an election. Sure. Period. I can give you an example from my own city. We have, uh, you know, like everybody else, we well, most other places anyway, we have a city council and a mayor. But essentially, my city kind of works like an oligarchy, where every time there's an election, one of the council members says, okay, it's my turn to be mayor, and then they vote and have a mayor. Uh, this most recent election, they actually, the city government was actually sued to be forced to open up the city council districts. It was like the first time that it wasn't the same eight people that were running for various seats. Now, those same eight people still won all of their seats, and they won handily. But it took a court order for them to actually change what had been going on for, you know, as long as I've been alive and probably longer than that, where it's just, you know, somebody's like, okay, no, it's my turn to be mayor. No, you can't be mayor. You were mayor last time. Okay. With a wink and a nod. And it's always the same eight people over and over again. Yep. That's small town 101. And you got to remember that we, you know, that, that after the Civil War, there was an era of reconstruction where the federal government oversaw the rebuilding of the South. And this was done by having the generals of the North actually have military district control over the states. Every general got a couple of states, and they were in charge of them. Federal troops were everywhere. Uh, They had to ensure uh, the end of slavery, the handing over of property, the handling of land, uh, free and fair elections, all that stuff, right? And... For the first time in American history, you had a whole bunch of black people get elected to office, both local, city, state, and even federal, right? They had black representatives in D.C. And then once Lincoln was shot, his vice president, a Confederate, uh, took over. Everything was redone. Uh, Reconstruction immediately ended. The military pulled out, and states were told they can do whatever the fuck they want. In which case, uh, all those politicians were rounded up, pulled from office, and a lot of them were murdered. Uh, people were murdered by the sheriffs in all at polling places. There was, in fact, God, I forgot what state it was. It, I can't remember. It was probably Georgia, because up until recent times, Georgia's been the worst state in the country. Um, but they literally, like the the sheriff, rounded up people. Um, actually, I think it was just the Democratic Party. They rounded up people and put them in like red shirts, and they ran around to polling places and just beat the shit out of and lynched black people trying to vote. This is what happens when the federal government backs off and lets local governments do anything in relating to democracy or elections. Um, It is our history, and it is a flawed history, but that's what we have. It's in our Constitution. It's stupidly written, and this is is the effect of it. This This is the fruits of that legislation, is these states can just decide to, to fucking up in democracy whenever they feel like it. (laughs) To up in democracy, I like that. Watch what's going to happen in Texas. But it's true. Yeah, They're going to decide there's voting irregularities in Houston and not allow the results. Well, and I, I like how they, how they term it, you know, voting irregularity. Yeah. What exactly does that mean? Uh, can we get a definition, please? They actually have defined it. It's simply a, oh, it can be as simple well, as a legitimate concern from an anonymous tip or not enough paper ballots delivered to... Uh, 2% of the polling places of which that works out to be like, I think, three spots in Harris County. 
there is supposed to be enough for technically every registered voter within each precinct, and if they run out of ballots, or if they magically don't get them in the first place, and they're not replaced within, I think they have like two hours to get uh, the ballots replaced, and if they don't do it in that time, then that's an irregularity, and the election's just going to be thrown out. And uh, Chris, the one, oh, what, oh, you were referring to with the red shirts was uh, in North Carolina. Damn it, North Carolina. Uh, at, amusingly, I actually have uh, election laws in North Carolina to talk about as well. But uh, one of the things that you're referring to is called the Wilmington Insurrection of 1898, yep. where uh, essentially what happened was a city government was made up of what was called a fusion party. It was a list. It was uh, basically disaffected workers and radical Republicans who got together on like social and economic issues and essentially got themselves into government. And then the uh, Democrats and the Klan decided they didn't like that, so they got together with a mob, marched into the mayor's office, held a gun to his head to make him resign, and then marched basically the entirety of the black community out of town. <clears throat> Damn, North Carolina. I thought it was Georgia. Yeah. But along those lines in North Carolina, there's a new fun bill as well that uh, the North Carolina legislature passed over the uh, governor's veto, which is SB 747 which changes some of the following things. And again, with most of these bills, you get a couple of things on there where it's like, okay, yeah, I can, I kind of understand that. Uh, one is banning private funding for election administration. I can sort of get that, you know, when a corporation saying, hey, I'm going to buy this election board, so vote the way I want. I get that. Transferring election crime investigations to the State Bureau of Investigation. Again, I sort of understand that. If you're not going to have the federal government oversee, then... It should be state authority that is investigating frauds or things like that. It shouldn't be the local authority where the election's taking place. Sure. And then they start getting into the bad stuff, like shortening the timeline to return mail-in ballots from three days after Election Day to 7.30 p.m. on Election Day. In other words, it's not like in California where you, as long as your uh, ballot is postmarked the day of the election, it's got, I think we have like, what, five or seven days for it to get there? Yeah. It used to be, Something like yeah, that. it was three days in North Carolina, so that's already unusually short. And then they just completely eliminated that. So if it's not in by close a poll on Election Day, it doesn't count. They're also going to exclude any missing witness information from categories of curable deficiencies. So if there's a problem in the ballot and it's just a simple phone call, they could just completely ignore it and throw out that ballot. But the most egregious and terrifying one is allow poll observers to freely move around polling locations, listen to conversations between voters and election officials, and take photographs. So they're allowing vigilantes they are allowing vigilantes into the polling area to make sure that everybody is voting right. Yeah. That's the part that really gets me about this one. They can take pictures. Like that has been one of those things that has been like very taboo like you're not allowed to to talk to anybody even you know as they're approaching uh the booths like yeah. that's you're not supposed to have your you're not supposed to have really like your phone out either yeah you're not supposed to have your phone out like any of that um they're allowed to talk to you after you've voted well that's like a pollster not a poll watcher yeah no but but that's what i'm saying like they can't like Poll watchers are are supposed to be there to protect you as a voter, not make sure that you're voting the way you know the right way, as it were. Uh, yeah, but that's exactly what it is. And poll watchers are notoriously problematic. 
and it's I mean we all know exactly what's going to happen. It is going to one hundred percent be uh, election intimidation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the entire point of it, and I imagine that's why the governor vetoed it in the first place. But mm-hmm. thanks to that one legislator that uh, switched parties and then gave the uh, North Carolina legislature a veto-proof supermajority so they could pass their atrocious abortion laws, they were just able to simply override it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I have in election news. And don't <laughs> worry, it's going to get so much worse. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and we have a Supreme Court that is 100% going to back all of this. Yes. And we have yes. a coward president who will do nothing about it. Yes. Except he wants to give more money to Ukraine. Yeah, tell me about this uh, Warhawk coward president we have. <laughs> well, so, f- first of all, uh, Biden went to f- uh, to Florida. DeSantis decided that he didn't want to meet with him uh, because boo-hoo. Uh, but... That's not what I'm talking about. So, well, FEMA it's a no has, win for DeSantis. If he shows up and he's well, yeah. rude or doesn't shake his hand, he looks like a child and a guy who can't get along for the sake of his people and blah, blah, blah. And if he shows up and he's polite, he gets what happened to Chris Christie, where he's always just a, he's a Biden puppet and he's in his pocket and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's no winning. There's no winning strategy for him to be there. Yeah, and he could get away no, with that I last year when he wasn't running for president. But now he is, so he absolutely can. Yeah, yeah. As governor, you can totally get away with it, but yeah, for president, yeah. not a chance. Uh, but FEMA has asked for an additional twelve billion dollars uh, on top of their like three point four billion dollars oh, budget to finally help Puerto Rico. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, this is almost specifically going to go to the fires in Hawaii, Louisiana's uh, flooding, and Vermont's flooding. Um, Hurricane Idalia um, in Florida, uh, southern states mostly. And then um, uh, a bit at the end for Puerto Rico, right? No. That, no if there's some no, pocket there, change there's they can dig yet. out of the seats of the Senate chambers, then maybe they'll send I, I Or maybe they'll just I send a coupon. I doubt that any money will ever go to Puerto Rico. I'm sorry. I apologize. Maybe throw some uh, paper so, towels at them. If we send money to Puerto Rico, how can they pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Then they'll just <laughs> want a glass of milk. <laughs> They're j- <laughs> if you give them a FEMA. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Uh, but no, so FEMA is asking for an additional $12 billion. Uh, after Biden spoke earlier in the week, uh, the White House is, a, uh, is, is requesting an additional $4 billion. But where do you get $16 billion, you ask? Well, what you do is you tack it on to an omnibus bill that already has, uh, what is it, um, $24 billion in funding for Ukraine. What a shocker. Yeah. So the only way that they're going to be able to get any money for the rest of the country to, well, pardon me, uh, excluding Puerto Rico, for disaster relief is by attaching it to a bill that's going to give additional monies to Ukraine. Because well, apparently... it's going to be less money that goes to Puerto Rico, right? No. No, no, oh. no. No. No, yeah, no, no. You can't send less um, money to Puerto Rico. You have to send money in the first place. <laughs> exactly. No, so, but $24 billion... 
going to Ukraine, additional money. I don't know how many hundreds of billions of dollars we've already spent uh, supporting this war in Ukraine. Um, but the only way that they're able to get this tacked on is through an omnibus bill. Um, so an additional $16 billion. Um, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, I don't get it. The point is there's not enough money for health care or safe trains. No, there isn't. I, I just, I don't even know what to say anymore when it comes to spending on things that America doesn't give a fuck about. Because I feel like... Oh, nonsense. Like Liberals love Ukraine all of a sudden. It's actually one of the things... It's, it's the whole broken clock is right twice a day thing. Like, it's a conservative yeah. meme and I don't like it. But it's always like, you know, the gray-faced guy and he's covered in 10,000 different flags and just says, I support the current thing. And I hate that that meme is accurate. But it yeah. is. Yeah. You're right. And to answer your question, as of uh, this year, we have... If this uh, next aid package goes through, we will have sent fifty billion just in cash to them, along with yeah. you know yeah, more alone billions aid. and billions of this yeah military year. aid and equipment and other things that we are selling them, but not actually selling them. We're just giving them to them because it's a lot of stuff that we don't need because we have too much of this fucking stuff. Yep, yeah, but what's the total? Uh, like. Fifty billion from in hard, oh, no, fifty billion from and hard money, everything else put together, roundabouts. It's going to easily top a couple hundred billion just in the last year. Uh, and that's just from Ukraine. Us. More than one hundred and thirteen billion dollars in aid. Yeah. Since the war began more than a year ago, and they want to tack on another twenty-four billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always enough money for war for Ukraine in war. Yeah. There's just always enough money for for war. Yeah. Yeah. Now so, we can't uh, we can't give away student loan because that costs too much money. We can't lower tuition prices in colleges because that costs too much money. We can't have health care that costs too much fucking money. Um, however, we can definitely send it all to Ukraine. Yeah. We can absolutely one hundred percent always fund. I mean, that's American tradition: funding fascists. Right? Uh, that's just what we do. Reagan did it. Bush did it. I'm not sure what Clinton and Obama did. Well, Obama sure as fuck did. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Obama's the reason we're in this. And Joe Biden. Weird. We've talked about this plenty. But, yeah. the um, Just as the Republicans are deep in the pockets of the Russians, the Democratic Party is deep in the pockets of the Ukrainians. And everyone's in the pockets of the Israelis. That is true. And, you know, our, uh, the main export of the United States is war. And, again, I'll use my city as a uh, example. We have a population of about 70,000. There are 178 defense contractors in my city alone. And total, Doing what? Uh, various things. There, I know... Defense! I know, um, I know for certain... Defending <laughs> us! I know for certain there are a couple of uh, offices of Raytheon out here. There's a couple of for Boeing... There's uh, one that makes uh, oh, a blade of armor for tanks. There's one that specializes just in military gear for police officers. Uh, in total, there are 9,500 current contracts that are being serviced by these uh, various companies in my city. And that's just this small little town. Now multiply that by 
every other city in America, and that gives you some idea of how big our defense industry is. Well, I mean, I think we spent, uh, what's almost $766 billion last year. This year we'll spend probably close to $850 billion. Next year we'll probably spend nine hundred. Uh, oh no! Uh, this year, next year's request is eight hundred and forty-two billion dollars for the Defense Department. Next year, yeah. But we don't have money, like Chris said, to feed the homeless, to feed children in this country. No, I can feed kids because they're fucking hungry. Send them to Ukraine. I mean, they might get fed there because we're gonna send. An additional like twenty four billion dollars there. Yeah, don't send to Puerto Rico. Like, um. <laughs> like, fuck me, I don't even know, man. Speaking of DeSantis and all these fucking right wingers, uh, something else that happened this week uh, was um, federal courts upheld it. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, put down a uh, an anti Chinese law in Florida. An anti-Chinese law. Yep. So, please tell. There's a few things I like. Well, basically what it really does is it stops anyone who is a citizen in China or resides in China or lives in China at all at any point in time from owning any land that could be anywhere near farmland or government land or anything like that. They are just not allowed to fucking own it. Period. And let's just let's just take a look at what Ron DeSantis's press release has you know said that Governor DeSantis cracks down on communist China. I'm reading from, uh, the, by the way, this isn't from his like re-election campaign. This is from FloridaGov.com. Uh huh. This is the state government website. Um, today, Governor DeSantis signed three bills to counteract the malign influence of the Chinese Communist Party in the state of Florida. Governor DeSantis called on the legislature to build upon the efforts he led two years ago to combat corporate espionage and higher education subterfuge carried out by the CCP and its agents. Like, this is, this is like, this is so McCarthy-ish. It's fucking, it's comical. With the legislation signed today to limit Chinese purchases of agriculture, land, and land near military bases and critical infrastructure to protect digital data from Chinese spies and to root out Chinese influence in Florida's education system. I'm I'm reading this from the government do, website. Do they realize how this this sounds? Yes, they know exactly how this sounds, and it sounds great to their party. It sounds great to their constituencies. It sounds great because this is the sort of shit they want. Yeah. And the best part is that's not going to do a goddamn thing to stop Chinese spying. They don't need to do that crap to spy on us. No. no not even a little. <laughs> so something For- Forbes did a good article on um, on how it lost, right? On like why why the uh, the federal court has upheld the law, uh, Florida was sued by a handful of Chinese uh, investors who, by the way, reside here in the United States. Shocker! So this prevents it prevents Chinese immigrants and others from buying land in Florida, such as for example Chinese investors applying for permanent residence in America under the EB five program. The challenge law became effective on July first of this year. It restricts land purchases by any this is quote foreign principal, which it defines to include anyone. Quote, who is domiciled in a foreign country of concern and is not a citizen or lawful permanent resident of the United States. It provides that subject to certain exceptions, a foreign principal may not directly or indirectly own any interest in real property or within 10 miles of any military installation or critical infrastructure facility. 
So it basically goes into I can I'll, I can post it on the Twitter. It goes into a really long article, basically about how the the, the court uh, it was talking about the Fourteenth Amendment and um, uh, basically that the uh, the Fourteenth Amendment is that uh, everyone has due process and uh, regardless of national origin, race, creed, whatever, all people must be treated equally under the law, and that doesn't stop at a uh, at citizenship. You don't have to be an American citizen for the 14th Amendment to apply to you. The Constitution applies to everyone, undocumented immigrants, refugees, citizens, non-citizens, resident aliens, expired visas, doesn't matter. If you're a human being in the United States, the Constitution applies to you. And so they sued basically uh, the four factors that a substantial likelihood of success in the merits that they will suffer irreparable injury without an injunction. They face a threatened injury that outweighs whatever damage the proposed injunction may cause, and the injunction would not be adverse to the public interest. And that's good wording because basically the law states that uh, if anything could possibly damage the public interest, that there has to be a precedent for it not, right? Like uh, the ends, there has to be greater service to the public interest then is damaging to the individual for the court to let it go, right? And Florida can prove no injury whatsoever, right? There's, regardless of how weak the case they may have for their injury by this law, the state has zero. They cannot prove a greater danger. Uh, but the court just went ahead and failed to acknowledge the constitutional complaint and has just let it go, and it is now in effect. Uh, if you are Chinese, you cannot buy property in Florida anywhere near farm, government institutions, which, by the way, it's a red state, so there's government institutions everywhere, and or anywhere that they deem as critical infrastructure. This is, remember, not by a federal definition, by the state of Florida's definition. So if you're near a telephone line, a power line, that could be deemed critical infrastructure. How about a freeway or a highway? Critical infrastructure. Or uh, maybe a bridge. Very critical infrastructure. Yeah. But not critical enough to pay for upkeep or anything. Well, no, no, that's socialism. <laughs> so Politico also is getting a thing on it. And what um, the DOJ has actually already, uh, in Tallahassee, has already saying this also violates the Constitution. Now, I mean, this is a Democratic DOJ, so I don't know what they're actually going to do about anything. But they are making a strongly worded statement. And they filed a U.S. court in Tallahassee uh, that it violates the Fair Federal Housing Act and the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. And their quote is, These unlawful provisions will cause serious harm to people simply because of their national origin. Contravene federal civil rights laws undermine constitutional rights and will not advance the state's purported goal of increasing public safety. So will this basically just go to the next... Higher well, it's, courts. it's now in effect. Like it has to, it will go to the higher courts. Yeah, but like if that's going to be appealed, but it's still going to be taking effect until then. Oh no, I, I get that because uh, there's no way to stop it until a court rules that it's unconstitutional. Uh, in which case, I wonder if anyone affected by it in the meantime is going to be able to file for damages. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not sure what the, the legality of that is, but like, it's interesting to me, you know, that they would just basically ignore any argument made and well, an sign off on it. An interesting thing is also like this, this is just buying a house, buying anything, right? Uh, in yeah. addition, uh, some Chinese citizens would be prohibited from purchasing more than two acres of land. And there are misdemeanor criminal penalties for property sellers who knowingly violate the law. Yeah. Like two acres. 
That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, and the ACLU uh, had pointed out that it puts an undue burden of suspicion on anyone trying to buy a house as long as their name sounds remotely Asian, which is true. Like, what happens when someone who's fucking Korean comes in and tries to buy something and fucking Cletus doesn't know what the difference is and won't sell it to him and violates their civil rights? What's Florida going to do then? They're going to say, tough shit, should have been white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this isn't new um, in history either. There was actually a very similar uh, act done about 150 years ago. It was in 1882. It was called the Chinese Exclusion Act. Much like the Japanese internment camps here in California, uh, the Chinese Exclusion Act was federal. Um, it was done by Chester Arthur, but it was po- Congress passed it. He just ratified it. Uh, this was bipartisan. And what it did was it com- it put a 10-year ban on any Chinese Chinese laborers immigrating to the U.S. And that had never happened before. We had never had a federal law banning an ethnicity from immigrating to the United States. And that was put into effect for 10 years. And anyone who was Chinese could not immigrate to the United States. I mean, there were technically loopholes put in to say that they weren't. It wasn't a complete ban. Like, you, they had to get, like, certification from China that they were a certain level of skilled labor. And then they had to have... Someone in the United States vouched for them, which never happened. Um, and even people who had already immigrated here had to have their statuses renewed, which was automatically revoked. Uh, here, so, uh, The Exclusion Act also placed new requirements on Chinese who had already entered the country. This is, by the way, I'm reading from uh, the Federal National Archives, archives.gov, uh, if anybody's interested. Uh, which is a fantastic website, by the way. If you've ever like just gone through archives.gov, it is a wonderful federal site. It is not partisan at all. And they actually don't pull punches on shitty government documents. They don't have any kind of slant either way. Um, but they will lay out in black and white our sins. And it's actually a good source of information if you actually want to read legislation anybody ever talks about. Um, I highly recommend the National Archives. It's easy to access online, too. Um, but anyway, and so Chinese who would already entered the country, if they left the United States, they had to obtain certification to re-enter. Congress, moreover, refused state and federal courts the right to grant citizenship to Chinese resident aliens. This is people who had been here, registered with the government as resident aliens, were working, living, obeying the law, and paying taxes. That's what a resident alien is. And uh, the court could still deport them just for being Chinese in origin. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who came here, who was someone who was born on the boat, spent their entire life in the United States, worked, paid taxes, everything would have been expelled. And they were. We refused boats coming in, and we sent people back to China. And it was just because we didn't want... Uh, there was a fear. It was a racist fear. It wasn't even founded. It wasn't true. I mean, we all know that immigration is actually... It's good for the economy, number one. Like, people always talk about immigrants stealing jobs. They don't. Uh, immigration no. is always good for the economy. Um, it's really fucking good for the economy uh, because it brings in people who are willing to work for lower wages, people who pay taxes, and it completely supplements a giant... The more workers you have, the better your economy will be. Um, but racism, right? And that's all comes back down to slavery. Most, most nations haven't gone through this, right? Most countries... Even if they're racist and shitty, they don't have this same, like, oh, they're all coming here and stealing our jobs. Like, that's a very American thing, because we had to make white people afraid of anyone else, right? And that's one of the reasons why you saw groups that were never considered white before suddenly obtain whiteness after the Civil War. Italians, 
Jews, Slavic people. They, they were never considered white. White was Anglo-Saxon. You had to be like British, French, German. Like that was like it. You know, maybe if you were Norwegian, that was okay too. But that was it. It had to be like Anglo-Saxon <laughs> or like French-Saxon, like German. Like that was it. Those were the only people who were considered white. You came from Hungary. You came from fucking Romania. You were Russian. You were Polish. You weren't or white. Irish. You're Polish. <laughs> yeah, Irish. You were not white. Not white people. Italians, not white people. Jews of any skin tone, not white people. Well, Civil War happens. Now you need white people to be against black people. So now we're going to let the Italians and the Irish and the Russians and the Slavs and everyone else be white. Not the Jews, but everyone else. And then you have the Civil Rights Movement in the 1960s. And you had a whole bunch of Jews helping black people. You know, you had a whole lot of Jewish lawyers who knew all about oppression. And all about being second class citizens. And so you had this team up of civil rights leaders, right? Like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, these guys both knew. Like, they were friends with Jews. Uh, the Black Panther Party had Jewish lawyers. Like, there was this, a beautiful coalition of American Jews and black people. And then once that happened, well, Jews became white. Because you can't have them aligned. You can't have anybody standing mm. with people of color. You have to keep them separate. And that's what the Chinese Exclusion Act was for, too. It was about protecting white labor, because if Chinese people come over here and work for cheap, you might not hire a bunch of white people who want, you know, to not die on the job. And that's the whole reason for it. Even though, yes, bringing in Chinese people and treating them like humans would be good, but if you're making it inhumane, it's a way to create a serf subjugate class. That's what that was. And this is, I don't think this has that same goal at all. This is just DeSantis grandstanding. But that's where it's pulling its roots from. It's saying that this was done before, we can do this again, and that Chinese people are the threat. And so we are now differentiating uh, place of origin as a way to do you have the right to own property now in the United States? Yeah. Yeah. And this is just going to be the toe in the door. And if that happens, then they can extend it to all of the countries that they don't like. Yeah. Oh, they already have. It's the Chinese exclusion bill, but they've actually already labeled um, uh, North Korea, Venezuela, of course, Iran, and a couple other countries. Russia is another one of them. So any country, you know, the, that, that the usual suspects are all on that list. Actually. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, if we had a president, uh, they could do things like march federal troops down there and arrest him for human trafficking and enforce the 14th Amendment, which would be completely in the president's no. purview to do. No, no, that'll never happen. That might interfere with Sunday brunch. Yep, love this country. Anyhow, after all of that lovely news. Drew, give me some happy news about Elon Musk. It's very brief. Uh, Musk did an interview for uh, somebody's writing a biography for him, and he's complaining that uh, his daughter, because she was indoctrinated by a private school in Los Angeles, is now a communist who hates him for being a billionaire. <laughs> because she was indoctrinated by a private school full of rich people. Yes. And, you know. It has nothing to do with him being an unpopular shitheel across the country and a bad father. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the one the one nice thing about this dark timeline, it is, it is really fun watching that guy fail upwards in real time. It's fucking great. I don't know. I'd rather see him fail downwards and fucking go away, to be honest. No, it doesn't happen to rich people. No, it doesn't. But that's what I wish would happen. But ha Elon Musk sucks. And I'm always happy to go out <laughs> on a note like that. So, thank you guys for being here, all six of our listeners. I appreciate you. 
please tune in. You know, tell your friends, because, uh, boy, it'd be nice if we could, you know, be Joe Rogan. Uh, well, not, no, God, no. It'd be nice to I be popular. I don't want to be Joe Rogan. <laughs> Shoot us emails. Find our, uh, Go on Twitter. You can see our Discord links there. Go on our link tree. Uh, interact with us on Discord. Uh, we're on, well, we as in Drew and I are on Discord all the time. If you want to get a hold of Kay, uh, you have to send a carrier pigeon uh, to somebody on a horse uh, who will bring it to his house and will exchange correspondence for freshly churned butter. And Kay will then I'm shake sorry, his fist at a cloud while he reads I'm in the basement you. doing my goddamn job! <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, anyhow. Come find us on Discord. Hang out with me and Drew and make fun of Kay. He won't read it, don't worry. <laughs> that's that's true. But we love you guys, and we will see you next week. Remember, uh, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and that the revolution is you.